Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doylestown Presbyterian Church. It's clear these days it's tough to make time. Schedules quickly become busy and calendars suddenly become full. To that end, DPC is excited to now offer this podcast channel, which will allow you to hear a recording of Sunday's sermon from that day's preacher. Whether you listen while taking an evening stroll, driving to and from the grocery store, or anytime you get a free couple of minutes, we hope it can allow for reflection and spiritual growth during your week. We also invite you to visit www.dtownpc.org to learn more about our church, our various ministries, and online giving opportunities. Thank you for tuning in. Dear Future Self was how a letter began to myself, coached by my therapist in our final session about that issue. She was encouraging me to write a letter in a time that I was feeling strong and to be specific about the strength that I felt at that particular time. So that when I read it, again, my future discouraged self could read it and benefit from it. In this letter, I offered wisdom to my future self. I let my discouraged future self know that I understood struggle and how it feels. And I told my future self that despite feeling stuck, the future would hold hope. This is true because at that time, I was feeling happy. I was feeling strong. And I was instructed to put that letter someplace safe so that I could at least find it again until one day, which would inevitably come when I felt stuck and I needed help, that letter would be there. And that day came. I was amazed by how the words of the letter reached through time and reached me where I was and let me see the time that I was in, in a new way. In a similar way, we see Paul's letters to us, belovedly entitled, Dear Future Church. And so in this letter, particularly the verses that I read in 2 Corinthians, are to be read when we might feel discouraged or hopeless or have lost heart so that we might find strength. And it's okay to feel the way that we feel. And that there is something happening inside us that we cannot yet see, that we are internally being renewed day by day and we can trust in the things that we cannot see and watching and waiting for God to, new, to do a new thing is the hope that we have as Christians. Now, Paul can say this because he himself was in a stuck kind of a situation in which his authority was questioned and he had had all these previous illnesses and he was suffering and he was persecuted. Now, typically, these were seen in the divine world as you probably shouldn't be doing what you're doing. The divine had intermixed into your life and said, you are not supposed to be doing what you're doing, and so I'm going to inflict sickness and suffering and all those sorts of things on you. But Paul says, no, I'm turning this around. And he argues that God was not punishing him, that he was to be trusted, and listen to. Paul recognized that 
even in the illness and the persecution and the suffering, God was doing a new thing. Not because God was angry at him, but in it, Paul learned to trust God even more. Paul explains that to the Corinthians, their idea was upside down. Suffering, execution, and death are something that Christ himself experienced. And out of that was a self-giving love. And so this was a new way of life, a new reality. And Paul goes on to say that if he is knocked down because of his suffering and illness and defeat, then Christ should also be. And that's not true, because they believe in the risen Lord, and they believe in Paul. So Paul claims that this way of leadership is actually proof that he is authentic and should be there to bring the message of the risen Christ to them. The Corinthians are called to change their entire value system based on Christ in this new world, and this is how the church should be renewed in Christ. Now, reading our scripture for today is a little bit like coming to the second half of a movie, or only reading the second part of a book, or coming to a play after intermission. You would absolutely be lost. And it doesn't help that, to continue with our metaphor, that a whole chapter seems ripped out of our books because something seems missing. What happened? What has Paul been up to? Now, in our Bibles, we have two Corinthians. First and second Corinthians is how we commonly know them. However, it's in reading second Corinthians that we find that the second letter is only the second letter that we have. Some scholars even believe that there were four different letters to the Corinthians. Now, in 2 Corinthians, we've got clues to this letter that was sent in between the first and second. Clues in which Paul went and visited Corinth. Letters were sent back and forth. And we noticed that there was some strife, to say it lightly. Paul was practically kicked out of town. There were lots of arguments about his authority. And so Paul's visits and writings were to persuade that they realized that they had some arrogance and the Corinthians wanted to reconcile. Paul definitely won some friends there and influenced. So it was why the second Corinthians existed. Paul writes to them emphatically and endearingly because after all, they're his church. They're a church of people that he knows and loves and cares for, and he's committed to having them understand that they are being renewed day by day. Now, this letter is written in a very specific time regarding a very specific issue with very specific people, and we read it today. Is there anything here for us? Then and now, society views success and fame and wealth and beauty in high accord. And we normal people have our own pecking order, let alone the celebrities that have their own pecking order. And this upside down value system is entrenched in society and therefore also the church, us. But the Bible is clear though. Instead, God values humility and self-sacrifice and the meek as exemplified in Christ's incarnation, Christ's suffering, Christ's death and resurrection. 
And so Jesus' followers, therefore, are called to realign their lives by Jesus' example and guide our lives to make the power of the Spirit work and live through us. Thus, it is making this world reconciled to itself, to God. It's this zeal that, Christ, that Paul calls us as Christians to live and be, and yells out so loudly that it echoes through the walls of the paper and also the walls of space and time into the walls of even DPC. Life lived using our gifts of the Spirit compels us to act. And when we act, it may cost ourselves. It may be out of our comfort zone. But they are all expressions of the future and God's ongoing work, renewing us day by day. Now we act because our lives are shaped by the cross and we don't ignore it and we don't push it aside. We focus on Christ's death and resurrection as a time of future, but it's not future escape. I was reading uh, this week on, I had two internet browsers open side by side and you normally wouldn't think that they had anything to do with one another. But I had to do this with this question of Christians trying to push away this un unavoidable pain because of their focus on the future, future things and heaven. One browser said, what does someone going to a funeral need? The other browser I had open was, what does a child during a tantrum need? Now our first inclination is to say, don't worry, it will get better to the person who is going to a funeral, to the child who is laid sprawled out on aisle four of the supermarket. But instead of saying, it's going to be okay, we're called as Christians to live and be in the uncomfortability with them and to walk alongside those people no matter where they are, in the supermarket or with a friend. And so both articles said the same thing. They said to show up, to be there, in the form of sitting calmly with them, saying it's okay to have these feelings and meeting basic needs that they might have because they're so emotionally spent to do the normal daily things, they don't have time to even do those easy, simple things. And these things come from a renewed heart. It allows us to envision being in circumstances along with Christ because Christ has suffered. Christ has been in a loss. Christ has had a frustration. Christ knows when emotions take us over because Christ has been there with us. Looking back at a challenge that you've had, were you able to see glimpses of hope? If you're in a current challenge, are you able to change your perspective and see glimpses of hope and a strength that doesn't come from you? And as I mentioned in the children's message earlier today, sometimes there is a beginning and an end, and that's all we see. But if we take a deep breath and we realize what's going on, God is really doing a new thing and creating a new thing. So it's easy to be paralyzed about how we feel about life. Sometimes it can affect us so strongly that we lose our sense of being. 
We lose heart and we act out of character. We even grow weary. And Paul was faced with this. Between those letters of, to the Corinthians, he had lost heart. And he said some ancient equivalent of four-letter words, I'm sure, also. He was weary. And this can be true for us as individuals. And, be, and it can be true for us as a body of Christ. COVID has been a long 10 years, hasn't it? The political climate is still threatened and creating divisions. School board meetings continue to be divisive. Refugees are still homeless. And countless among us are still dependent upon resources that are stretched thin. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.16, do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. So even though we are surrounded on all sides, we are not defeated with Christ. Even though we face difficulties, we will succeed with Christ. Even though we live in this temporary world, we do so with hope of eternal life in Christ. And I hope you hear in this the word we, because we're not in this alone. We're in it together. Over the next few weeks, you're going to be hearing some stories from our own congregation, our own church, and how they've experienced renewal through prayers, being present here, sharing in our gifts together, through service to others, and also by sharing how they've made a commitment to DPC. And through all of these ways, the people in the pews next to you have experienced renewal. And I want to be part of those people whose actions echo beyond these walls. And that's a church that I want to be a part of. And that's a church to invest in. Amen. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, we live in light of the truth of the gospel. And though it is hard to feel like there is restoration when we are in it, in the muck, but let us see that, God, you are doing a new thing and that we are not to be drugged down by our lost heart. But, God, believe that we are here to see that you are doing a new thing. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on your journey of faith. Don't forget to check out www.dtownpc.org to explore all the ways DPC strives to be a bridge for Christ and a beacon of his love.